you have your Bible, turn over to Luke, the 10th chapter. Luke, the 10th chapter, we'll be reading verses 20 through, or 30 through 37. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down, or went, went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was in the, at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds and poured in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him into an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when, it, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. We live in a time where things are a lot different. <clears throat> And as I was telling my wife the other day, one of the problems that we have is we're not able to worship as we have in the past together. And I wonder in my own mind how long that will last if we have to do that for an extended period of time. I also wonder how do we let our light shine while we're sitting on the couch can we go out in the world and let that light shine like we're supposed to? When we see the things that Jesus wants us to do and visiting the sick and helping the poor and things of that nature, are we to do those things? Are we going to be able to do those things? The thing that I've noticed that's missing in all of this with all of our politicians, they talk about science and data but they forget about God. God has great power, whether people want to accept that and believe it or not. God can do more for us than people want to admit. We believe in science. We believe in data. But we believe in God too. The year was 1992. The place was Barcelona, Spain. Get the picture up here. It's the occasion of the Olympics that took place, and the event was the three or four hundred meter semifinal race. Derek Redman was running that race and was running the race of his life, and he could see the finish line. He had rounded the last curve, and all of a sudden he felt an unexpected pain, sharp pain in the back of his leg, and he fell flat on his face onto the track with a torn right hamstring. As the medical attendants were rushing to him, Derek fought to his feet and began hopping to the finish line in pain. A man ran out of the stands 
pushed himself past security guards, and ran to embrace Derek. It was his dad. He told Derek, you don't have to do this. Derek said, yes, I do. The dad said, well, then we're going to finish this together. And they did. You can see the dad holding Derek up and his son's head many times. If you looked at other pictures, you'd see it buried in his dad's shoulder as they walked the rest of that track. He was very careful not to step out of his lane or to leave his lane so that he would not be disqualified. The crowd in the stands were kind of confused at first, but then when they figured out what was happening, they rose and began to holler words of encouragement and to cheer as he kept going. As Derek and his dad crossed the finish line, the camera panned the stadium and people were crying everywhere. Derek didn't walk away with medals. He finished last in that race. But I think that there's a lesson that you and I can learn from that, that occasion. Sometimes in order to go the distance, we need a little help. Today, we're going to look at this passage of Scripture that Jesus gives us about a parable about a man who had compassion on someone that he did not know and he stopped and took time out of his life, took money out of his pocket, and took care of this individual. And Jesus is trying to make a point for us that hopefully we will understand and realize that we need to have compassion on others. Life has a way of throwing up roadblocks that make it seem that it's impossible for us to reach our destination. In Luke chapter 10, verse 30, we see that there was a man who thought that he was going to go to Jericho, and obviously when he started off on that road, he, wasn't, he didn't think that it was going to end the way that it was ending. But it says in verse 30 of that parable that we read, "...a certain man went down to Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead." I've said on many occasions, people get up on a certain day and they have no idea what's going to happen that day. We don't know whether we're going to make it through the day. We don't know what kind of trials and difficulties that we're going to face. But sometimes we have trials that seem like roadblocks that are going to keep us from reaching our destination. Derek, that morning, as he got up and he began to run that race, he had no idea that when the race started that he would need help to cross the finish line. He had no idea that the finish line would seem so unreachable when that hamstring tore and he fell on a track. The man in our story today, in Luke the 10th chapter, had no idea that he would have need help in order to get to Jerusalem as his destination. He had no idea that Jerusalem would seem so unreachable. You and I know or don't know if today there's going to be something that happens in our life that may look like an obstacle, that may look like it's something that's hard to overcome. It may be something that keeps us from reaching a destination that is on the short term here in this life. 
But there are other things that happen in our lives that sometimes seem like roadblocks that are trying to prevent us from making it to our final destination, which is heaven. But isn't that how life works? Even when we're confident that we can reach our destination, life has a way of throwing up roadblocks to make it seem like our destination is unreachable. I've mentioned this passage of Scripture several times over the last few weeks where Job said in Job chapter 14 and verse 1, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of troubles. And how true that is. I'll admit this, that I, earlier this week, I've worked on three sermons for today because I couldn't figure out what I should preach. And I did work on one about Job. And maybe we'll get to that one eventually. But when you look at Job, he was a good man, a righteous man. He did all the things that was right. He even offered sacrifices for his children after they had got, had their gatherings and their fun occasions, just in case something had happened that they were that would hinder their relationship with God. Everything was going right with Job. But you see what happened in his life. That Satan took things away from him. That God allowed Satan to operate in a way to test Job. And Job remained faithful. Oh, there was obstacles. He lost his wealth. He lost his family. He lost his health. He lost a lot of things. But yet he did not curse God foolishly. We can look in James chapter 4, beginning in verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we will live and do this or that. Brethren, how many of us have that attitude that it's the Lord's will, that we're going to do whatever we're going to do? I believe that there are many people that get up and say, This is what I'm going to do, and it doesn't matter what's going to happen. It's going to take place. Well, guess what? Our life is not in our hands. Our life is in the hands of God. And for those people that don't want to accept that and believe it, that's a fact. Because the Bible tells us that it's appointed unto man once to die and after this, the judgment. When will that day be? I don't know. God knows. But I don't know. And so we need to be ready at all times because we don't know what's going to happen. But there's another thing that I think that we can learn from this passage of Scripture in Luke. And that is that we shouldn't be surprised when the people that we think should help us, they don't help us. And that happens to all of us. If we've had enough trouble in our life, we realize that sometimes the people that we depend upon the most aren't there for us. In Luke chapter 10, verses 31-30, through 30, it says, "...and by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him..." He passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. As you read that story and you see that individual that had been beaten and left for dead, we see these two individuals. And you expect these two individuals, of all people, to stop and help him. And if you've ever been broken down on the side of the road, or if you've ever had any troubles like this, you realize that you're hoping that someone's going to come and stop and help. This individual, if he was conscious at all, may have thought that the Levite would help, or the priest would help. 
And I want you to notice that Jesus points out that both of those individuals saw the individual. So it isn't like they could say, well, I didn't see him over there in the ditch. I didn't see him over there behind that rock. I was looking the other way. Jesus says they saw him and they looked on him and they passed by on the other side. Brother, how many times as Christians have people thought that we would help when we just passed by on the other side? I've told the story before about years ago we'd gone to the store to buy some paint to paint our fence outside and we were on our way back and as we was on our way back we were going down I-94 and as we traveled down I-94 there was a lady parked on the side of the road and her car was uh, broke down and she was standing at the back of her car and she looked like she needed help. Well, I did what anybody would do. I just put over, shifted over into the fast lane, hit the gas pedal, and went on. My conscience was clear. Until my wonderful wife, who was sitting next to me, had to say, which one are you? The Levite or the priest? Why did she say that? Because she knew I knew that I should have stopped. But how many times have we done that ourselves? We've been the Levite. We've been the priest. The priest and the Levite happened to be coming by. And this man, I'm sure, was thought he was fortunate that someone would help. Fortunate, even though he'd been beaten and left for dead. But look who was traveling on that same road. Two very religious people. So naturally, they would want to help him reach his destination. But how wrong he was. Because when they saw him, they saw him as a problem. And they didn't want to help. Sometimes we think family is going to help us. Sometimes we think that our family love us and care about us and they should be there to help us. But there are times when things happen in our lives that even those that are closest to us, those that love us and we love them, aren't there to help us to get to our destination. And there are times that we think that our Christian brothers and sisters should be there to help us and they would be helping us reach our destination. We're struggling. We're having a difficult time in this life and we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ and we expect them to help us. Sometimes they don't help us either. And sometimes it seems like family and our brothers and sisters in Christ are pushing us further away from our destination as opposed to pushing us to it. You think about all the times that you're discouraged and someone comes and they're complaining and murmuring about their own self. Or they're talking about someone else, tearing somebody else down. And you're sick of it and you're having trouble with it and so you hear it happening over and over again. You're not helping them to get to their destination. You're hindering Sometimes we hinder by our actions. Sometimes we hinder by our lack of action. Sometimes we hinder by what we say. And sometimes we hinder by what we don't say. And so it takes wisdom and knowledge to know when to say the right thing and when to do the right thing. 
Perhaps you thought you had a good friend who would help you reach your destination, but somehow they don't have the time to help you. Remember this individual. Somebody needed to help him. He needed help. But two people that should have stopped passed by on the other side. So don't be surprised when people that should be helping us to reach our destination, to help us to reach heaven, aren't always there to help us reach our destination. That person that helps us is going to be that person that helps us to, or that feels something inside. That's one of the points of the lessons that we have been doing that I've been emailing and mailing out to people over the course of this time that we've not been able to assemble. And one of the lessons is dealing with mercy. And mercy and compassion go hand in hand. When we talk about someone helping us, it's because they have a feeling of something inside. What is that feeling? Well, Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 10, verses 31 through 33. And by chance there came a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at his place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Compassion is reaching out. It's having mercy. It's having pity on someone and wanting to help them in their in their situation. You see, the priest saw him, the Levite saw him, but and the Samaritan saw him. All three of them, the Bible says, saw this individual. But the Samaritan was the only one that felt something inside that moved him to take action to do something to help this individual make it to his destination. And brethren, how many of us are moved by compassion for those that are lost, for those that are in need, for those that are hurting, for those that are struggling in their Christian life? How many of us are moved by compassion to help that individual? The Scriptures say He took pity on him. Something came up inside of him that made him recognize that this individual was a soul, was a person, was alive, that needed help. Oh, he could have been like the other two and just went on by. Why were the other two? Why did they go? I don't know. Why didn't they help? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But what we do see is the person that had pity the one that had mercy, the one that had compassion, stopped to help. You know what the shame of all of this is? That we live in a day and a time where we are basically taught to be cold and callous to those that are in need. We are taught not to feel anything for anyone else other than ourselves. When I hear the complaint, oh, nobody visited me when I was sick, no one helped me when I needed help, the question that I often ask is, do you visit the sick? Do you help people when they're in need? 
And the answer usually comes back, no. Well, why should we expect someone else to help us? You see, you got that attitude, it's all about me. My needs, my hurt, my, my discouragement. It really should be our compassion on others. We should put others before ourselves. We're taught not to feel anything for anyone else other than ourselves. The philosophy in our life, in our society, in our world is to look out for number one. Don't think about other people. Don't care about others. That's opposite of what Jesus tells us that we are to do. When was the last time you felt something inside for someone else? When was the last time you felt something inside for a stranger? Because it's easy sometimes to have compassion on someone that we're close to, a person that we like, someone that we know quite well. But what about that stranger? What about that person you don't know? What about that person that makes you kind of uncomfortable? Are you there to help them? I'm afraid many people aren't reaching their destination because there are so few that feel something inside. They don't see or feel the need to help others to get to heaven. And an elder's wife tell me one time that her definition of a good spouse was that spouse helping them to get the other person, the other spouse, to get to heaven. And really isn't that what we should be doing as spouses? Helping our spouse, our husband, our wife to get to heaven along with us. And shouldn't that really be our goal for everyone? That we want to get them to heaven. There's something else that we learn from this story. And that is sometimes we reach our destination, but not without the wounds and the scars we accumulate as we travel. We're not going to make it through this life without some scars and wounds. In Luke chapter 10, verses 34 and 35, it says, "...and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him." And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Derek, in our story that we opened with, he reached his the finish line, not without the torn hamstring that he'd received on the back turn of that race. Not without the tears that he had down, flowing down his face as he crossed that finish line. He had those wounds and those scars. And you think about the Apostle Paul and the things that he went through, how he was beaten and left for dead, stoned, left for dead. And all of those things that happened to him, shipwrecked and hungry and naked and all those things that he mentions that happened to him. When he finally reached that destination where he left this life, those scars went with him. Brother, when we get to heaven, we're going to remember this life. We're going to remember the life that we lived here on this earth. And we're going to realize that the wounds and the scars, whatever they may be, were there to help us to be stronger and better Christians. That that's part of that trial that we're going through. 
that fiery trial that we talk, that, that is talked about in the New Testament that tells us that we're going to be tried. And we want to come forth as pure gold. Brethren, we're going to have trials. There's going to be difficulties. The man in our story, the, the, the man that was beaten and left for dead, he didn't arrive in Jericho without his wounds that he'd received by those that beat him on the road. You and I may make our destination but not without the wounds and the scars that we receive in our journey to get to where we're going. As Christians, we need to find those who have fallen along the way and help them to their destination. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verses 36 and 37, Now which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. You might remember, we didn't read that in this story, but this story was told because someone wanted to know who was their neighbor. And I think that when you read the story, you can see who was the neighbor. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. But you can see that the Samaritan was his neighbor. He didn't know him, and you wouldn't expect the Samaritans to do that, but yet they were the ones that did it. He was the one that did it. Luke chapter 16 and verse 8, it says, And the Lord commended the unjust servant, because he had done wisely, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. <clears throat> What's Jesus saying? I believe that what he's saying is sometimes those that are out there in the world are wiser than those that are in the church. And you think about it because a lot of times it's the people out in the world that you see helping others. And sometimes as Christians, we shelter in place. Well, not only for this occasion, but for our whole life. We take the Gospel, we keep it at home with us. We know that we need to help people. The Bible says, "...to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin." And so we know that if we're not doing what we're supposed to do, it's a sin. But sometimes, we shelter in place. And we fail to let our light shine. And we're shown up Maybe that's not the right word to use, but we're shown up by the world because they're wiser at taking care of things that need to be taken care of than we are sometimes. Derek's dad was there to help his son cross the finish line. The Samaritan was there to help the injured man make it to Jericho. What about you and I? Are we available? Are we willing? Are we able to help someone reach their destination? Are we trying with all of our power, with all of our strength, to do whatever we can do? Because we're moved by compassion. We realize that there's a soul at stake that needs help. We realize that someone is lost and needs to be saved. We realize that someone that's in need needs to be helped. Someone that's discouraged needs to be uplifted. How many of us are willing to do those things? Jesus said, Go and do thou likewise. 
question is, are we going to heed those words? Will we be like the priest and the Levite and pass by on the other side? There are times in this life that we might be the one that falls. And then there are those times when we might be the one that helps. Either way, the message is clear. Sometimes we need a little help. Be that helper when you have that opportunity. When you've fallen, let someone help you. Sometimes it's hard. You know, I've said it's hard to hug a porcupine. Sometimes people, it's hard to help them because they don't want it. Pride gets in the way. Sometimes you've got to think outside of the box and figure out a way to help without crushing their pride. But we can do it. And we should do it. This morning, if you're not a Christian, <clears throat> Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You can do that this morning. But if you're not living as you should as a Christian, then you have an opportunity this morning to repent, to ask God's forgiveness, and we can pray for you and with you. You have that opportunity to come have a seat up here on the front row while we stand and sing.